Hey folks, make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly via email. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. You creep, I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hey there, folks. My name is Micah, and I'm here today with my good friend Thor. We are doing another episode of the Get Wrecked podcast, where it's two buddies talking about things that they enjoy, deep cuts of life. Uh, we make recommendations to each other and see if the other likes it or not. So, Thor, thanks for coming back to your own show. Yes, yeah, thank you for having me once again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today we're going to be getting into Jupiter's legacy. Uh, and I think when I introduced this recommendation to you, Thor, the first thing that I asked you was, how'd you feel about the show? Yeah. And I think you were maybe thinking that I was going to recommend that. I did. And I, I, I'm not exactly sure how I said it, but I, I mean, I know how I feel about the show, which is, eh, it's yeah. fine. That, that's kind of watching it. It was like, my wife really enjoyed it. I, that's it. Like I was, it's fine. Yeah. It, like it was a, it was a fine watch, but I, I wouldn't be recommending the show on this show ever you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah you know your your wife is an awesome person i like her a whole lot her taste in cinematic viewing though i gotta say i'm not a fan okay of. kendra likes fun yeah she likes that she likes fun yeah genuine which i appreciate because mm-hmm. then there are some things like we both really love pluto nash Okay. We both really love okay. A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Okay, that's fair. I like A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, the Dragon Ball, that. the Dragon Ball Z Evolution movie. It's a bad movie. Yeah, I can't get but, on board with that one. But it's a fun watch. Okay, well that sums it up. Because what was that Scarlett Johansson movie where she turned into a like a robot at the end, like a computer? Oh was yeah, it, that she put like an AI in her brain. Yeah, or was it Lucy? Was yes, that any, yeah. The movie was awful. I remember we watched I don't remember I don't remember if we watched it because of Kendra's recommendation and this was years ago like when Lucy came out yeah. or or if it was we watched it and everybody hated it except for Kendra I don't remember what <laughs> I think they... that's what it was <laughs> but yeah okay so your wife watched it she liked it but you were not so much a fan correct yeah so the the show on Netflix the one season that was released in May and promptly canceled in less than a month uh <laughs> I didn't yeah. realize it was that quick. Yeah, it was real quick. It was based off of a comic book series of the same name, Jupiter's Legacy, written by a guy named Mark Millar. Uh, some people online are pronouncing his last name as Mark Miller. It's M-I-L-L-A-R. I've always pronounced it Mark Millar. The people that I've spoken with have always yeah, pronounced it Mark Millar. if it was Miller, Millar. it'd be an E. That's kind, of what I, that's kind of what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so I'm just throwing that out there. If we're mispronouncing it, I'm sorry. Uh, I just... I've. Always thought that it was Mark Millar. You know, your name's not Micah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, what we did is we read the we read book one of the of the trade of the first story. It was basically the first story arc um, of the first issues kind of stapled together. And then they released the trade. So it's akin to a graphic novel, but it's just through time. They bind it all together and let you buy it at once. Yeah. I found that recently that's the way that I like to read comics. I used to be into like getting them issue by issue, Mm -hmm. but I'm done with them after I read it. I I find that I don't ever go back and read my comics. So I've just got a whole like box and like shelves of comic books that I'm never going to touch again. They're like backed and everything. And I'm just, there's wasted space now. Yeah. I've recently read a, not a ton, but I've read like three graphic novels yeah. in the last couple of months between Jupiter's Legacy. Okay. Um, and then I did our buddy Zach McCrary show, the comics that we love. Sure. Um, and we read the run of Hawkeye comics that the show on Disney Plus was inspired by. Yeah. And then most recently we read uh, Saga. Oh, Saga's great. The first book of Saga. Oh, it was Saga's wild. great. Yeah. I loved it. So, so I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think if I just had 
like a comic by comic. I don't know if I'd keep up, but most of them, when I get these graphic novels, most of them I read in one sitting. Yeah. Because once I start getting into it, I'm like, I'm just going to keep going until... Mm-hmm. Until it's over. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I grew up with comics, and I, f- I really feel like this like, trade collection is the way to go rather than rather than buying them issue by issue. You have to wait like a year or a year and a half <laughs> for the whole thing to be made. So you can't be up to date with everything. You've got to be about a year or a year and a half behind whatever comics are coming out. Yeah. But that's fine. I've got a kid, so I can't pay attention anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll get to it when I can. Yeah, so... So anyway, it's written by Mark Millar. Uh, Mark Millar has done a, a lot of things that probably a fair amount of people know about. He wrote for Ultimate X-Men. He wrote for The Ultimates. He wrote for Kingsman. That's his creation. Um, like the movie with uh, yeah. the, the popular movies yep. with the young guy? Yeah, originally a book or a comic book series. Cool. Uh, or it might have been a standalone. He normally does like mini series now, kind of things that have a beginning and an end, which honestly is part of the reason that I like him. He also... Did Kick-Ass. That's his creation. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then something else that he did that is actually, not to reference our buddy Zach, um, but he wrote the Marvel Civil War comic book arc. And that is what the Captain America movie was roughly based off of. And that comic book arc is amazing. It, It might be my favorite comic book arc that I've ever read in my life. When Zach asked me to be on the show with him, on his show with him, that's the first thing that I said I want to read. And we recorded the whole episode, and then he, I think the file got corrupted or something like that. <laughs> so, so it never, it never made light, uh, made light of day. But that, that is an awesome arc. So anyway, he's he's really good. I like his work quite a bit. The artist of this, well, there are two, but the main artist is a guy named Frank Quitely. And he wrote, or I'm sorry, he did artwork for All-Star Superman, which was really, really well received. And another book called Flex Mentalo. That one is kind of an out there superhero one as well. And then a guy, just because I want to give credit where credit is due, a guy named Peter Doherty did the colors and letters. Okay. So Frank penciled it and inked it and then passed it off to this guy to finish up everything, which is usually how it's done in the books. So yeah, so our... First initial thoughts, Thor. What were your impressions of the book? Like, just kind of summarize your overall takeaway. I liked it. It was way darker than I expected. Oh, yeah? Yeah, which is which is always a plus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> love that grit. I, I love dark stories. The um, artwork I enjoyed. Some of the, some of the big panels, yeah. uh, like the full page panels are just dope just yeah. like yeah. really really cool it was a nice surprise because i kind of had an idea from because i saw the show before reading this. sure okay um so i kind of had an idea going into it what was going on so it was kind of no surprise to me that the uncle ends up becoming the bad guy yeah because they you know foreshadowed that at the end right. of the, the show yeah they alluded to it I was surprised, though, because based on the show mm-hmm. um, and before we started recording, you had said this or it was like basically that whole first season of the show is like the first 20 pages yeah, of the book of the book. And, it's maybe, crazy. and then like maybe pages 30 through 40 <sighs> when they go back in time. Sure. Mo- most of that show, like half of that show was the flashbacks of how it all got started and how they got their powers, which honestly is probably too much. I I thought that the yeah the show could have been a, a lot better as as far as the storyline of the book as a whole so it's it's about this this group of friends slash family members in the 1930s I believe is when they get their superpowers this guy named Sheldon Sampson leads a bunch of explorers to this mystical island that he has visions of in his dreams and he doesn't know why he needs to be there he just is feeling called <laughs> yeah. and seeing. You know, seeing visions of it. And so they get there and then some aliens just give them a whole bunch of superpowers. Yep. They're like, have fun. Yeah. (laughs) Just like, boom, here you go. Have these powers. And then the whole story fast forwards to the like 2000, I think 13 is is what was written in the book. So it it jumps like from the 1930s to 2013. Mm -hmm. And that whole first generation of these superheroes, well, they become superheroes afterwards. They're still alive. Now they're old heads. They're like 
Sylvester Stallone style where they're just yeah. absolutely old, but still ripped and jacked and still doing the good fight and still uh, still fighting these superheroes. It is kind of crazy that like, <laughs> the story, the guy is just like, I'm having visions. We need to go to this island. And everybody's like, I guess we should go to the island. Yeah. It's, the great, <laughs> okay. it's the great depression. It's the great depression. We don't have anything else going yeah, on. What else are we going to do? <laughs> Starve. That's the whole thing is these guys. It's like. They're rich folks, and then the Great Depression happens, and they are slightly less rich. And they're like, "Oh no, we we gotta do something <laughs> because we're slightly less rich now." Yeah, and so we're gonna go to this island. That's super. <laughs> yeah, the there was a lot to do um, in the writing about like the the role that a hero should play within the country that yeah. they that they are a part of. And that's something that I want to touch on a little bit later. So now that they're they're back and in the States and they've become well known, this guy Sheldon Sampson is now known as the Utopian and his wife, uh, also on the crew, her name is Lady Liberty. And they're like the classic golden era comic superhero trope. So yeah, like basically they, like Superman and Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. Like yeah. and and they they have their secret identities. They kind of have a nod off of it, like the the Utopian. He works as a car me- mechanic, mm-hmm. and somebody calls him Utopian because, like, one of the other superheroes. And he's like, "What are you? What are you doing?" He's like, "I don't ever call me Utopian when I have my glasses on." <laughs> <laughs> so I had to chuckle at that because he was he was super serious. So they that whole first generation now has kids, and so you kind of see the the differences between their lives the the parents this first generation and then their kids and their kids are more like celebrities and less like superheroes yeah like they the ones that are superheroes are doing whatever social media followings they can they're getting sponsorships with corporate entities yeah yeah, the the daughter who ends up you know as the story goes on, becomes the main protagonist. Yeah. She's basically Paris Hilton. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> I mean, and honestly, she kind of follows the same arc. Whereas Paris Hilton, everybody grew to know her. She was like, that's hot. And she had a sex tape and she was always out partying. Right. And now, and she's still around, but now she's like a successful businesswoman. Oh, you know, that's good for kind her. of like, you know, yeah. not in the public eye anymore. Now she's just a, you know, sure. A, a business person. Yeah. Um, so, and this girl's the, gosh, what's her name? Uh, I'm honestly I'm, not sure what her name I'm is. So, uh, I'm so bad with names. Hold on. I'll find it. Okay. We got the book here. So real quick. <laughs> and then flip through. Uh, but yeah, she kind of follows the same thing where she starts out. She's falling through tables because she's partying so hard. and Yeah. And getting cocaine. <laughs> and, and sniffing so much is cocaine. It, it's Chloe, right? Chloe. Yep. Yeah. So. And, uh. She ends up becoming good. Um, but yeah, it's... I kind of like the, the stories like this. Uh, like this one and also uh, The Boys, which I, I don't know who did. That came out, out of a graphic novel as well, right? It, it did, yeah. It was a comic yeah. book series. But those were, they kind of they kind of look at what would it really be like if they were superheroes. You know, we always think in of our just world. the yeah. hero. Yeah, but in our world, it, would, it wouldn't be pretty you know no, it, yeah. it, 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 all the time anyway it would be more messy um absolutely so interesting so stories like this are interesting in that aspect yeah and that's it, it's it's definitely it would definitely be less black and white and as much as marvel and dc tries to do that with their characters they still kind of can't do it to the degree that yeah something like well, this where it's whole new well, characters they live in an alternate reality yeah and, th- and that's what it is and that's fine so you accept that but with something like this, it's trying to say, what would these type of characters really look like yeah. in our world? Yeah, it's um, it's kind of neat to see. The first time that I ever saw anything like this was as a very young Micah. I was watching a movie called Mystery Men. And I don't know if you Dude, remember that movie. I, it's been a long time. I couldn't. I remember I remember loving it yeah. when, when I was a kid. Yeah, it's probably not a great movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. We should rewatch it. We should. That has Cal Mitchell in it, right? And Ben Stiller. Yeah, it's got Ben Stiller and... Janine Garofalo. mm, Yeah, I think so. It's got a good cast. It's pretty great. And Pee Wee Herman, what's his... Whatever Pee Wee Herman's actual name is. It's Pee Wee Herman, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) He's he's in there as the spleen. 
Um, and he just has super fart powers. <laughs> but in that movie, they, the main superhero is this guy called Captain Amazing. And he his suit is just it looks like a NASCAR driver's one piece suit. There are sponsors all over it. It's like everywhere. And then he gets told at the very beginning that uh, Pepsi dropped him as a sponsor. So he rips off the Pepsi patch from his outfit. <laughs> um, but I kind of in that that's kind of a parody of, of what it was. But this, this definitely takes a more serious tone. Yeah. But that's kind of my first dive into probably what our superheroes would be like. And I, I feel like that's kind of the neat dichotomy between this. The second generation and the first generation is the first generation holds up this ideal and it's what we would look at classic comics to be. While the second generation is is like very much how heroes, quote unquote, would be in our world. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, we idolize like, followers and likes. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah the fame. That's what gets them. Yeah. So because of that dichotomy, because of that kind of friction between the two, uh, the utopian probably to a fault is kind of a hard ass on just about everybody yeah. that he's connected with because he's he's so connected to the ideals of you need to be called for a higher purpose because of what you have that his kids totally hate him for it because mm-hmm. they just they want to be I don't know part of yours and his dad's their dad is like all against it totally yeah. not about it but even the other members of their team save his wife probably are like Sheldon you you gotta like take it down a notch dude it's not 1930 anymore <laughs> yeah you gotta get with the times cut us some slack we've been heroing for like 80 years yeah, now yeah <laughs> yeah so much so that his so his brother um, whose superhero name is Brainwave but his actual name is Walter this basically sets up a coup because um, Walter wants to get more involved into the politics of the country and have more of a role in that, in leading the country in that way. While the utopian basically is, says, no, we have a democracy. They were elected to lead it. We need to stay out of it. And so they, they basically do this coup. They kill the utopian. They kill his wife, uh, Lady Liberty. And it's done in a pretty yeah. brutal way. And two, probably the best panels in the book. Like yeah. the the art on this is awesome. Like specific, especially these parts. Like they melt his skull. Yeah, you, <laughs> the sun like melts his skull away. Yeah, and that's his, that's the point. It's his son that does it. Yeah, he just murks his dad. Yeah, and then the the mom gets trapped in her mind, and they just they just send swords and arrows through her. Yeah. It's it's nasty because um, the the brother Walter uh, Brainwave basically is is a mind kind of telepath uh, type of superhero. He's not brawn at all. Yeah. So he just puts people in this illusion mind palace thing inside their head, and they're they're completely oblivious to what's happening in the real world. And it's just yeah, the, that panel of of the mom just totally destroyed uh, was epic. It was really cool. Super gross, but really yeah. cool. And then I like they do the like the time jump right after it. So they kill those two, and then they're like, "Now let's jump in time and see what the fallout is." From yeah, that. even more. So, and and part of that was that their son Brandon basically. Do you feel like he was manipulated? Because the way that it was worded, or the way that it happened, was Walter, the Utopian's brother, Brainwave. He went to the utopian son and said, Hey, this is what we're thinking about doing, but nobody can fight your dad except for you. Like you're it. So everybody, because everybody's thinking if the utopian's gone, you're the guy to lead. Yeah. So do you think, do you think that he was genuine in that? Or do you think that he was manipulating him? No, I think he was genuine. Think, I probably like Joffrey from Game of Thrones is probably a good analog. Somebody who's like, even though, yeah, technically Robert Baratheon wasn't his his father or whatever. Yeah. He would have killed him. <laughs> if, if, if got, like that kind of the relationship they had yeah. was was so strained and unfixable yeah. that it was he was probably already there. He just needed somebody just to give him that push. Give him that just nudge. to give him a little push like, eh. 
you know, it'd be better if we were in charge, but your dad won't let it happen. Right. So it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. To me, I kind of felt like like Brainwave wants to lead, but he mm-hmm. wants to lead behind the scenes. Yes. And, and I kind of felt like he was using Brandon to take him out and then being the voice in his head. Oh, yeah, telling absolutely. him like oh yeah how, how to run everything oh yeah absolutely because yeah. he's like you're the perfect person to take up the mantle because you're the you're superman's son you're yeah. the the utopian son so you're obviously should be next in line for mm-hmm. the most powerful leader of the superheroes yeah and then also and then they basically take over the government too yeah so so it jumps forward uh i think eight years or nine years something around so, there yeah and the daughter actually has nothing to do with it. Like when this whole coup happens, uh, she's got nothing to do with it. In fact, she just finds out that she's pregnant because she overdoses and goes into the hospital. Oh, that's right. Right. And so she finds out that she's pregnant. Everybody knows now. And everybody, well, everybody in the immediate family. So like her parents, it's kind of what it made it sound like in the comics. And the dad turns out to be the son of some arch villain of the utopian yeah from the past yeah Yeah, from the past like way back in the day kind of and i'm guessing because the guy doesn't have superpowers but he has like a a tool that lets him teleport yeah so i'm guessing his dad was probably like the classic evil genius mad scientist type bad guy yeah so i don't know if if this was explicitly said in this comic book arc but the dad was one of the original guys on that trip. Oh, okay. Turned and, on him. Yeah. I think, no, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Um, it was, and then his real name was George. And I think that his superhero name was something like Sky Fox. His superpower was basically that he could just build anything that he wanted to. Okay. And, and so, so he built his, his son this rod. It's like, I don't know. A foot long, maybe, maybe 18 inches, somewhere around there. And the rod teleports and it takes whoever is touching it with him. And I love the very first scene that he's he's getting kind of shaken down by these two uh, bald dudes and they swipe the rod from him real quick. And they're like, ha, what are you going to do now? And he just says, shark infested waters. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> dude, the dude holding the rod just goes into the ocean, just teleports into the ocean and gets eaten by sharks. And then he says home and the rod comes right back to him. Yeah. It was very, very cool. So anyway, when that whole coup thing happens, the daughter and the son escape. And so now eight years, nine years later, they've got a little boy, which was the baby that they found out about. And so the dad, uh, I forget his name. If I, if I keep saying the son and the dad, then it might get confusing. But um, the son of this Sky Fox character is now just working as a, I think, a janitor. And they are laying low because basically the whole government was taken over by this brainwave guy and the utopian son. And it sounds like the whole world is kind of going to shit. Like nothing seems to be working. Yeah, basically, that's an interest. That's the kind of the irony of of the whole story is they're like the you know the elected officials are running everything into the ground. Yeah. I'm I'm so much. We're so much smarter. We're so much stronger. We can see the big picture. We should be in charge. We should be calling the shots. Yeah. And then we'll really live in utopia. And. It as, certainly doesn't as seem any that leader way. who's ever said that. Yeah. <laughs> just like any <laughs> leader who's ever said that the exact opposite happens. Yeah. So and they make sure to point out at different parts where they're like, oh, there's food shortages in all these areas. And they, they've only made problems worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, what it sounds like. By taking over. But now they have control. So it's just about keeping control now. And it's like, oh, well, if yeah, things are going, but it'll get better there. We just don't have enough control still. Right. Yeah. We just need to. There's too many rogue superheroes and super powered people out there yeah and i I think that there was a line that said like we're literally trying to upend a constitution and that type of mindset Mm -hmm. so they're like of course it's you know gonna be bad at first because we're basically starting a revolution yeah just you know from the inside 
so yeah, they're they're running, they're chasing down and looking up old, well, I'm sorry, rogue superheroes, which is why this new family, the Utopian's daughter and her family are are just in hiding. I think that they're in Australia is yes. where they go to. Yep. And the son in this family. So, so basically we got Chloe, yeah. her husband, teleport guy, yep. and then their son. Yeah. So the son of teleport guy and Chloe <laughs> is really altruistic. He's a, he's, he's a, he sounds like a hero to his core because he's like eight years old. And I think that his mom has been telling him stories about how awesome his grandparents were. Mm-hmm. And he kind of idealizes them and wants to be like them. Yeah. So he's sneaking off and doing superhero shit because he can fly and God knows what else. Uh, so that gets the attention of the people in Washington. Yeah, like he sneaks off and like he'll just sneak, run away real quick and solve a problem and then come back. Yeah, and like and back, back on the school bus. Yeah. And then like some of the kids are like, yeah, we're not like we saw you like fly away <laughs> and come back, you idiot. Yeah. Like we won't tell anybody. Yeah. Um, which, but which he I- still he still gets caught because they're like there are these problems just getting solved. So there's a superhero somewhere. So the government, the the superhero ran government. Yeah. Ends up finding him. Yeah. So they've got a guy that that tracks him down and the fight scene with that was pretty amazing because it wasn't just one uh, super powered person coming after the kid he showed up but then he brought a whole freaking army with him and he the the way that the artwork told the story and in this page I thought was amazing because you hear the boy say mommy but he didn't like shout it or scream it he just said it like just like a kid would be crying out to his mom in the same house type yeah. of thing. And when that happens, you see this panel of where Chloe worked, but you don't see Chloe. You just see like the wind of, of her mm-hmm. vapor trail. Yeah. And then you see that same scene going down the street and then in another scene and another scene. So it's, it's showing that she is all the way across town, all the way across the city, but she heard the cry of her son and just Books it, which was pretty cool. Yeah, because you don't see her powers before that at all. Right. All you see is her high passed out through a table. Yeah, yeah that's true. Pregnant, you don't see her powers. And then she's that. just be so you know she's super, but you don't know don't know anything what. about how super she is. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I didn't think about that. So so she shows up and she starts fighting all these dudes, and then her husband sees it on TV and like a coworker of her husband of teleport man goes shit dude is that your wife <laughs> and, and so this guy teleport man shows up to the fight with a fucking train oh that's <laughs> like so so you don't see it but it it basically he teleported somewhere to a moving train that was that was in mid motion like in mid pursuit and then teleported himself and that moving train into the fight. Yeah. And just ran over a whole bunch of freaking people. And then yeah. they book it because uh, I think that there were too many people for for them to like continuously fight. And that, that's shortly how it ends. They yeah. they retreat to Alaska. That's the last couple pages is they've set up shop completely isolated now mm-hmm. in Alaska. And they make the plan to fight back. Like, they're going to quit hiding. Yeah. That's and, so, have they written? Because that's kind of how it ends. Is, yep. Um, so, there have has there been more written? Yeah. Think? Yeah, okay. there has. There's a part two. I think that part two is the end of the actual story. Okay. Uh, and then there's another kind of spinoff called Jupiter's Circle, which is a prequel-ish to this. It's basically that original crew. In their prime, in their heyday, doing okay. their it takes place in the 30s and 40s. Okay, neat. Kind of, of showing that. their rise to yeah. probably fame yeah. and power. Yeah. Oh, you know what? There is a character we didn't talk about who I really liked in this. Who was that? Barnabas. Who was Barnabas? He, Barnabas is the superhero hunter. He is a superhero himself. Oh yeah, he's yeah, a guy. Yeah. He has a little. He has a tight little he, mustache. He, he walks with a cane. Yeah. You see him, you're like, oh, he's a bad guy. Yeah, very clearly <laughs> he, a bad guy. And the first scene is him, uh, basically questioning a lady. Was uh, he? Was he also Jewish? 
It looked like he had a yarmulke on the back of his on the back of his head. Oh no! I'm gonna I'm gonna look through the book see if I don't think so. No, I think he just has slicked back hair. Oh, you know what? You might be right. He does. He's got a he's got a little yarmulke on the he's back. He's wearing of his head. a little yarmulke. Yeah. Okay. I honestly didn't notice that. Just he's side note. Hair. But yeah, you see this guy, and not because of the yarmulke, because of the mustache and the black clothes and the cane. You're like, this is a bad guy. <laughs> I mean, like, that was a real weird job. I'm like, he looks like a really bad guy. And you're yeah. like, I think he was Jewish. <laughs> totally unrelated thought. Uh, his superpower is controlling the weather. Okay, I'm done. No more. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but no, he, he's an interesting character because it opens with him. He's questioning a lady. Uh, basically, she just happens to be around these strange occurrences. Yeah. And so he's trying to figure out if she's a superhero. And she's answering all the questions, right? And he's like, okay, yeah, that all makes... He's like, that all makes sense. That all checks out. Although, and his power is he can, like, change... The, he can change the structure of molecules. I think so, yeah. And he's like, so while we've been talking this whole time, I've been sucking all the air out of the room. So <laughs> all your coworkers are passed out because they can't breathe, but somehow you're not. And she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> he's got me. And then she like goes jumping out a window and turns giant. Yeah, she... And yeah. Catch- but yeah, he's a... He was pretty he's cool. A cool. He's a cool character. He was a cool villain. Yeah, because he's just standing on like a matter disc, kind of Magneto style from the first X-Men movie. Yeah. Just floating around. That, that is a cool superpower. He controls the structure of molecules. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty amazing. I don't know. I'm sure that there are other superheroes that have that power. I know that Vision can control his own molecules because he can phase through yeah. walls and, and do that type of stuff. But I don't <laughs> know superhero off the top of my head. I'm probably thinking of somebody or forgetting somebody very, very obvious, but, but it's a pretty cool power. I think. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. That whole scene. I think that he gets killed by Chloe throwing some massive object on him. Oh yeah. Let's check it out. I don't quite know what it is. Oh, oh no. She just, uh, she punches his head into a wall. Oh wait, no, there's the train. She punches his head into a wall. Okay. They're having a brawl. Oh, she just full on explodes and then smashes him with some giant metal thing. Chloe smashes him to death. Yeah. With it looks like a missile or part of a machine or something. Yeah. That'll teach them yeah. to take care of her son yeah. or go after her son. Don't know what that power is. Yeah. The illustration is basically she is a bright light and everything is blowing away from her. Everything blows away from her. And then in the next the next panel, she is smashing Barnabas with what appears to be a missile or something yeah or a satellite or a drone or something yeah well and she was super confident about that whole fight too because they're like what do you think that you're gonna do we've got a whole bunch of people here essentially she's like you don't realize that i am the daughter of the utopian and lady liberty you've already lost and, <laughs> yeah, so cold blood. She's just like, not. I've been hiding, yeah, but not because I'm scared of you. Yeah. So that's how it ends. They basically uh, is them saying we're not going to hide anymore. Now we're going to go after him. How do you feel like this was compared to the show? I mean, it sounds like we like the book a lot more than the show. Yeah. Where do you think that the show went wrong? The that could have made. I think the show. Now, I admit, I don't think that they certainly couldn't have gotten through all of that. No, you don't think. No, probably not. Not in a way that felt cohesive. True. It would probably feel rushed through. Yeah. But they certainly could have gotten through a little bit more, I think. I think that they spent too much time in the past, like in the 1930s. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of the tons of flashbacks. Yeah. Because I, I think that with the show, at least it, it kind of had two parallel storylines, one in modern day, and then they were spending about half of the show's yeah. time. In, in that 1930s with Sheldon going nuts and seeing the visions. And that whole setup takes place in like three pages in in the book. Like yeah. Three pages, they're done, and then this is the meat of the story. And I feel like they could have done that. I think that maybe ending at killing the Utopian 
like ending the season at killing yeah. the utopian might have been a good yeah they could have they could have set it up i think there would have been more intrigue too because literally yeah. all you get like I said this is the main thing i remember about the show is that the uncle ends up being bad yeah which is kind of a it's kind of out of nowhere yeah. But but that's their big hook for the next season. But other than that, there's really no stakes other than you find out, oh, he's bad. Right. Like, that'll that'll be kind of interesting. But had they set up this whole thing of, like, oh, the superheroes are about to take over. Sure. Yeah, that'd have been a much um, better clip. And perhaps they were trying to go for the long game because they're like, we want to stretch out. That, that is what we they... want to stretch out this story into multiple seasons. Yeah, I think um, that's what they did. I think that they they really tried to make it longer than it needed to be. Yeah. Which, I don't know. That's just frustrating. Yeah. I did like the cast. I mean, it, yeah. talking about the show, I enjoyed the cast. I did too. Um, it was an interesting show. It was, it was a fine watch. If the sh- I just felt like it was too slow. I just felt like there was, a, exactly. there was nothing that was happening because we were on page 10 by the, <laughs> end, by the end of the first season. We don't need all that. Just they also added a ton. They did add they a ton. added a ton as mm-hmm. far as like Chloe being the party girl. I mean, yeah, they spent a lot of time on that and her, which once again, knowing how the story unfolds now, it makes sense why they sure spent a lot of time on developing her story. Yeah. Um, and then like the uncle had a random daughter. That's not at least in the these books. Yeah. He's got or, a son that they mention in the book. I don't know about a daughter. Yeah, I think she was like his his daughter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember that character at all in the show. It's been a while. If I'm wrong, I, I apologize. But I think yeah. I'm pretty sure they had introduced a girl who was like his daughter or something. Hmm. So overall, what did you think of it? I enjoyed it. I'm. Yeah. I want to read the part two. Read part two. Yeah. Yeah. I. It occurred to me that I don't own part two. <laughs> so I've got to buy it now. So after I buy it, I'll let you borrow it. Yeah, nice. Well, I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad you thought it was better than than the show. I wish that the show, when it came out, man, when they when they said that they were doing Jupiter's Legacy, I was like, oh man, I'm excited for this. Oh, I hope it's gonna be so good. I was let down. Yeah, I've I've been let down a lot recently. <laughs> <laughs> I got real excited about Wheel of Time, and that show really let me down. How do you feel about um? Are you excited about the Lord of the Rings? Not at all. No? Have you watched the trailer for it? No. It just came out? No, I have no interest in it. Okay. Maybe it'll be good. I mean, I'm kind of right there. So there's two two that are coming out that my wife is very excited about. Okay. One is the Lord of the Rings show because that, that's like her number one. Yeah. That's one of her like properties that she's a huge fan of. She sure. loves Lord, Lord of, the, of the, Rings, the Rings, loves Jurassic Park. Okay. So she's super excited about it. It actually looks... Does it look good? It looks pretty cool. Okay. It looks better, in my opinion, comparatively yeah. to the trailer for the Game of Thrones House of the Dragon series that's coming out. <laughs> that that did- I watched the trailer for, and I'm like, I I don't know why <laughs> they made this. And then after watching the trailer, I was like, I, I still don't know why they want to make this. It doesn't look uh, particularly interesting. Yeah, Game of... Th- so the show... I initially really, really enjoyed. I think anybody really enjoyed the show initially. Um, obviously, the later seasons, and especially the last one, it falls off the rails pretty bad. But I thoroughly enjoyed, you know, the first four seasons of Game of Thrones. Yeah, of that course. was great. Yeah, yeah it was the biggest uh, show of, like ever yeah. of all time. <laughs> um, With good reason too. I mean, so yeah, it, it was it was very very well done. Um, but I. I don't know if I would have any interest in... It's about the Targaryens, isn't it? It's a prequel yeah. series about the Targaryens. I'm kind of sick of prequels. I think I'm done with prequels Dude, right now. I, I've said this before, probably on this show. And yeah. I'll say, I don't like stories where I already know the outcome. Like, yeah. there are no there, there are no stakes. Yeah. Like, at least both of these shows are doing a thing where it's, it's so far back yeah. that... You don't know the outcomes of these characters. Of these characters. Okay. Um, but the reason the story is being made is because of its importance in relation to the story that you already know, which has already been told and is already finished, and you already know how it turns out. Yeah, so, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, even if you don't know anything about what's going to happen in the story, 
for example, in the show, in the Obi-Wan series that was just out, you don't need to know anything. You know that Obi-Wan's going to live. You know and Princess you, Leia's going to live. And you know Vader's going to live. Yeah. So those are the three characters that the whole show's about, mainly. And, and that almost guarantees other characters are going to die. Mm-hmm. It almost guarantees it because you've got to have that those those stakes put in there somehow. You've got to make people care some way, or at least try to make people care. So they're like, let's introduce this character. They're gonna die. <laughs> There's no <laughs> way that they're not gonna die. Like the latest season of uh, this is not a prequel thing, but the latest season of Stranger Things with um with all of the characters that they have in that show now yeah when they introduced i forget what the dude's name God. is i i wish they would grow some balls and kill some characters off in that show right you thought they were gonna kill off hopper yeah at the, uh during season three they should have killed off hopper they didn't even let you get through the whole episode before they gave you a glimmer oh i think he's still alive yeah. he's in russia probably yeah. And you didn't is, know for sure, but like it was pretty clear. They kind of broadcasted it. Can I just say that I thought that the whole Russia storyline of Stranger Things it season four was wild, it so was stupid, unnecessary. And it was silly. It like it had no connection to the actual and, story. Exactly. And I get the whole show was about it's this plucky group of kids overcoming the odds to fight this bigger thing. Sure. It's just so absurd. <laughs> and and it's tough to say when you're talking about a show where there's monsters from another dimension. Yeah. And so so I, I get I'm trying not to be too nitpicky and poke holes, but like I liked the season. But overall I liked it. I just felt like the whole Russia thing was so unconnected to everything else mm-hmm. that was really going on. Yeah. And you really could have just cut that whole thing out and the show would have been you know, it wouldn't have been any worse. You wouldn't be missing anything. Mm-hmm. The way that they tried to connect it at the end are like, it's a hive mind, right? So if we fight these things here, then that's going to help the kids fight their thing there. Yep. And we know it and they're fighting it right now. I, I don't know how yeah. we know it, but they're <laughs> right. fighting it right but now. That's such a such a bullshit connection thing of how to loop it all together. It just, exactly. you know, it's... Whatever. I enjoyed the season. But the new kid that was in it, the leader I, of the D&D, I, I of the Hellfire Club. I didn't appreciate the way they freaking broke the season up, though. It was so weird. Oh, yeah. Because all the episodes were at least an hour and 15 minutes long. And they did two parts. And mm-hmm. the first part is like six or seven episodes. Yeah, I think and it was seven. Like, part two is coming out only a couple weeks later, too. And when it comes out, it's two episodes. Yeah. One of them's an hour and a half and the other's two and a half hours. Yeah. It's a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> like, what? what? Just just edit. Just edit <laughs> a little bit. That kind of bugged me. It was it was a good season though. I, I enjoyed it. I did. But when the dude with the Hellfire Club showed up, I'm like, oh, he's probably gonna die because I like him. Yeah. That's where my thought process was. I'm like, I actually really like this guy. Yeah, that guy guy was a great character. Right? He He was was a cool character. And as soon as I thought that, like, the other side of my brain was like, he's going to die. Just because you said that, he is dead at the end of this season. Mark, (laughs) like, my brain was like, mark my words, Micah. He's dead. Yeah. Because they couldn't get rid of anybody else. Because you knew that the stakes weren't there for anybody else. Yeah. I wish they would, though. I almost thought that they were going to kill Steve. Here's an, uh, you know, to bring name, back Steve? up Game of Thrones, I mean, they've changed the landscape between Game of Thrones and Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. They've changed the landscape of television, at least for, for me. Oh, yeah. Where it's like when I watch when I watch a show that's like a drama, mm-hmm. especially in, you know, I guess you, Stranger Things would probably be considered a more horror, but like fantasy, sci-fi. Sure. Just a, a, a drama adventure show. Yeah. Like... I want some characters to die. I, I, I do too. Because like it hurts and it sucks, but that's what you want from a show. But it's impactful. Is you want yeah. it like, do you remember the first time you saw Jon Snow die? Oh yeah. Or the first time you saw the Red Wedding when you're just like. Dude, the Red Wedding was so crazy. Dude, the first time you watch that and then it ends with no music, mm-hmm. just the credits pull up. Yep. And, you, and you're just left going. Yeah. Like what just shit. happened? What? I, that's not real. Yeah. And like. And that's a show where they had already the first season they kill off the main character the <laughs> yeah not even the last episode yeah 
So those shows kind of changed it. So Stranger Things, I agree. I wish they would kill more people. Kill some of them kids. Right. Yeah. And that's probably why they don't do it. <laughs> but but they're killing other kids, I guess. So, so sure. Yeah. Kill the youngest ones. Yeah. Get rid of the kid with no teeth. <laughs> there would be a revolt. There would be there a would revolt be. So in the street. He's him. the most likable person in the world. Yeah. That character is <laughs> so likable. Ah, uh, okay. So, so, so back to, uh, back to Jupiter's legacy. Sorry, we went on a rant there. Um, I've got a question for you, Thor. Yeah. As far as, so there's, there's a line or there's an argument. There's a conversation that happens between Sheldon, the utopian mm-hmm. and his brother, Walter brainwave. And we touched on it a little bit earlier this episode where they are getting into an argument and the utopian is like back down we aren't called to govern we need to leave the politics to the politicians because that's the country like that's our democracy we shouldn't be involved in that Mm -hmm. what do you think about that because his brother right i like i can kind of understand both sides of the coin where if you are seeing all of these issues happening in the country and you have the ability or the power to make a change and make an effect to make it a better place on such a grand scale, you know, do you feel like that is a moral obligation to take that? Or do you try to uphold the kind of democratic base that the country is founded off of? That's a tough one, right? I don't, I don't know if there's a right answer, honestly. I mean, hmm. I'm just curious where you stood on that or where, where you think, like, if, if you had powers to change things and you could, at least to the best of your ability, you believe that you could, <clears throat> would you do it? I'd like to say no, but I think maybe that's kind of part of the story is because Utopian is a different kind of person. You know, and not yeah. to say that person doesn't exist, but I think that's a rare kind of person. Whereas I think Walter kind of represents more of what I think what most people would do with their powers. Like, well, yeah. I can fix it. I just need these dummies to get out of my way. Sure. This show or this book is kind of like a bit of a social commentary, too. Absolutely. Um, so and I think that's kind of. What you're looking at in that conversation probably is really the difference between like the mindset of democracy versus the mindset of like a totalitarian regime, right? Because yeah. that's how they all start. They it is, all yeah. start wanting to do good for people, mm-hmm. and in their minds, they are no matter what you know uh, atrocities or what comes from it. Sure, I think oftentimes those people are more complicated than we give them credit for. Yeah. Um, And I think a lot of times it is from their perspective, whether it be right or wrong, they are, you know, making their society better, making the people that they're have decided to rule better. Cause that's basically what he wants to do is he's basically like, I want to rule these people. I should be in charge. Right. Because I could do it better. Cause I could do it better. I know better. I can fix the problems. Yeah. Do you think that that is, do you think that there's ever a case where that doesn't have a slippery slope to the negative outcome? That even in this storyline, in a couple of pages, it has, right? <laughs> like, you know, you flip forward eight years and things have turned to shit. No, I don't think I don't think it ever can have a good outcome. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a it's kind of a crazy. And I mean, it's a lesson we've learned from history a thousand Countless, to- yeah. a thousand times over, and still nobody ever nobody actually ever learns it. You can, you can see it, but <laughs> but nobody ever actually learns the lesson. They're like, I'll do it right this time. Sure, yeah, I'll do it better. Because because you've got this vision of this grand utopia, right? But there's this thing in the way, and you like if you can get rid of that thing, or if you can just like yeah, if you can get rid of free will and free thought, <laughs> that's, that's always what it is. <laughs> if only I could get rid of free will. I realized that politics were not for me through a video game. <laughs> okay, and it's amazing how video games will will give you some some good self reflection if you decide to do it. So there's a there's this stupid game. It's a dumb game. 
All right, it's called Tropico. Specifically, I was playing Tropico 5. Okay, the and, name sounds familiar. Yeah, so it's one of those Sim City type of games. Okay. Where you run a this island, uh, hence the name Tropico, and you are the leader. You're the dictator of the group. Okay. And it's a thing where you build houses, you build... Um, you build facilities for people to work in. You build power plants. You you restructure the earth so that you can have water and, and things yeah, like that. So like it's you, like a, a society building. Yeah, like you are building this place. And then I'm like, I'm doing a great job. I've got a whole bunch of like my city is thriving. The people are thriving. And then election season shows up. And they're like, hey, comrade. And they actually say that. They're like, hey, comrade. it's it's horrible but um so i'm like cool election season they're gonna vote for me because all of my stats are up and sure enough i'm losing in all the polls so then these people show up and they're like hey comrade we could get rid of your opposition if you'd want us to in my brain literally was like you know my people are doing really well (laughs) (laughs) Like, they're doing really well. What is this? Is this real? Is this a real game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's this game called Tropico. Where uh, you become a dictator? You, yeah, you, you are a dictator. All right. So you're holding an election. And in the election, you start to lose. Now, I don't know if that's just... Like, point blank, you will lose the first election if you don't do anything. I don't know if that's the case. Or if I was playing the game wrong or playing the game so that algorithmically you know i was setting it up so that i was going to lose i don't know but literally people in my my regime were like hey we can go take this guy out like your (laughs) your political opponent we can go take him out and i'm thinking you know that's not the right thing to do but my people are doing well. It's the right thing to do for my people. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. I looked at. I've seen this. Uh, right. Okay. So yeah, you you are just playing a dictator. Yeah. <laughs> I've, see, I've seen this uh, like the cover art before. Yeah. So ultimately, I caved. I had my political opposition uh, assassinated. So I won the election because there was nobody else to vote for. And then I was so defeated internally that i quit playing the game <laughs> I, was, I was like am i that type of person that i would do that so from that point on i decided maybe politics is not for me yeah yeah that's how it happens though uh, i think that's the and maybe that's the lesson the of the game of that yeah because literally i was like i could make this place better if i had more time but i'm losing this election and if I don't lose this election, then I've got more time. So My maybe society will be perfect. Exactly. So maybe I rig it. Just do this one little like <laughs> shady thing, right? So that I can I can make my society better. <laughs> and uh, I knew that that was the I knew that that was the downfall. So you learn a lot playing games like that. I learned a lot playing The Sims as well. I never would have played Tropico. <laughs> it was a free game for the but, PlayStation. Yeah, no, that's that's funny though. It's like I've I've seen it. And I was like, I I would never even play that. Yeah, it's funny. You learned a, le- a valuable life <laughs> lesson from it. Yeah, right. It's not a great game. I learned another life lesson from The Sims, and it's not a good life lesson. I tried to murder babies in The Sims <laughs> <laughs> because. So we were playing uh, The Sims 3, and it was myself and... God, this had been, what, 25 years ago, probably? I don't know. I think I was... I think I was fresh out of college, so... Oh, okay, so not horribly long. Yeah, so probably 2011, 2012 time. Okay. Um, And I was living with my buddy Patrick, so he and I were, were living together, and we decided to jointly run a Sims 3 game. So I made myself, he made himself, we built a house played the sims 3 and so just two grown men playing the sims we never played it together that's the thing (laughs) so like when he was working and i didn't have anything to do i'd be like i'll pop on the sims i'll play around a little bit you know 
His career was that he wanted to be a criminal. My career was that I wanted to be an artist. And so, you know, we progressed those storylines. And then when I was working and he wasn't working, he would pop on and play The Sims. So it was kind of like this weird game that we were both playing, but never really at the same time. Okay. And so I get on one day and now instead of two characters to take care of, I've got to take care of the neighbor character woman as well, because she kept coming over and sleeping with Patrick's character. And I'm like, what is this? And he goes, dude, she came over and now she won't leave. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. And so, and so because basically he, his character just doesn't stop having sex with the neighbor. They have a bunch of kids. They have like three kids and they're all babies. And now instead of two grown men Sims that I have to take care of, it's them plus the neighbor plus like three babies in the Sims. You know how many bars I had to manage of happiness <laughs> it, was, it was the worst. So I went into construction mode. I don't know if that's what it's called, but it's you pause the game and you can build things. Mm -hmm. I built a shack and I built it out of the cheapest wood possible. And in this shack that is probably no bigger than a 30 by 30 foot uh, room. And that's all it was. I put four fireplaces and and I filled it I filled it with a whole bunch of cheap wooden chairs and I filled it so much so that there was only one pathway that you could walk and I had my characters walk in and I had my characters set the babies down on the floor and then and then leave <laughs> and, then, and then I went into construction mode after they left and I deleted the door <laughs> so I knew that a house made of cheap wood filled with four fireplaces filled with cheap wooden chairs would set ablaze because I tried throwing the babies into the pool and that didn't work. And so I just locked them in and sure enough, the whole thing, it's just like a giant pillar of fire. And the Sims characters are like freaking out. They're flipping out. They're just like, oh my gosh. And they're they're yelling in Sim language. So they're like, flibberflubin, flibberflubin. And and trying to get um extinguishers and take turn it like take out the fire. Anytime they turned off or brought out a fire extinguisher, I would click on them and tell them to go get a sandwich or something. <laughs> so so the whole thing burns to ash literally everything burns to black soot the babies are fine they don't have any issues except that now all of their bars are absolutely empty so they're like super upset they're super tired they need to eat all of this shit so the lesson is babies are flame retardant invincible basically <laughs> <laughs> in the sims in the sims yes <laughs> preface that and so i was like what do i do i just want to get rid of these children so that i can play this game and enjoy it again <laughs> so so i i put the babies in a car and i drive to the beach and i walk up to the water and i set them down on the water like where, where the tide comes in and then comes back down on the beach. Yeah. I set them all there and then I drove my Sims home <laughs> because I, I read that if you neglect your children, social services will come and take them and then you don't have to use them. Like you don't have to use the characters anymore. So I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave them at the beach. Social services will come and take them. I played the game for two days. All right. Social services did not come. I just kept getting alerts that the babies needed X, Y, and Z. And also I had to continuously stop my Sims from getting in the car and driving to the beach to go pick them up. So at that point I deleted the game <laughs> and, and I told Patrick, I said, well, we're going to make a new game and you're not going to get involved with any of the neighbors. So that's what we did. So my life lesson from that is that once you have kids, all right, not a kid, but kids, basically the fun part of life is over. That's, that's, you know, that's done. Now I would never 
ever, ever, ever do anything like that in the real world. Yeah, of course. Right? <laughs> Just making that clear. But I really wanted to play this game because I had put like 40 hours into it. And these damn kids. <laughs> these stupid babies. These stupid babies ruined my entire Sims experience. The worst. Well, it sounds like Patrick ruined your, yeah. your Sims experience. Yeah, Patrick did. Everyone's done that though. Any game, like whenever there's a like in Skyrim or whatever, it's like you always try and hit the kid with the sword. Yeah, just because it's funny that it's like sure. I just sit there and like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that that's one of the very first things that I did, except with the chicken in Skyrim, and the whole town flips out. Like I killed a chicken, and I remember a child going, "That's a valuable animal!" And then like <laughs> the, <laughs> the alarms went off. <laughs> And you're fighting an entire town over a chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Because, just because you didn't submit. Yeah. Yeah. Because I killed a chicken. Like all of the guards were like, stop right there. You have to pay a fine of five gold. Yeah. And you're like, no, I'm not going to do I'm that. Like, and they're like, we'll kill you yeah. then. Then pay the with entire, your blood. The entire town will kill you. Yeah. <sighs> Those were the days. <gasps> oh. Anyway, um, we're a little bit long in the tooth. We're about an hour in. Okay, so cool. that is that's Jupiter's legacy. Um, I'd recommend it to anybody. Really, I, I really enjoy Mark Millar's work. Uh, I really enjoy Frank Quitely's artwork. I think it's yeah, a good combination. Yeah, we didn't touch enough on the artwork. It, it's great artwork, though. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, um, the artwork's solid. So, Thor, what do you got for me? What's coming in next week? Well, let's see. I got one of two options. Okay, we, I have two options. We can decide from. So the one is my wife has been hounding me. Kendra has been hounding me about us watching this show. I've never seen it. Okay. Um, so it would be a blind recommendation that we both go into. Okay. And we can meet and discuss our thoughts. All right. From the pop singer Halsey. I don't even know who that is. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I had to look up the songs. Okay. You, you notice them. You'll know them when you hear them. When you hear them. Yeah, okay. a couple of them. Okay. Um, so she recently released an album and to go along with that album she wrote like a 50 minute movie that i guess so i guess it's uh, and it features the songs from the album okay uh, so it's a a movie slash uh slash album interesting yeah um so it's kind of like a 50 minute long Okay. Music video slash musical. So I'm not entirely sure. I watched a one minute trailer of it. Looks a little bit weird. Okay. Okay. So there's that or a more traditional show <laughs> that I have seen. And I oh, well, that's can definitely recommend. What are you feeling? What do you think? I think it'd be interesting for, for both of us to comment on something that we've never seen before. Okay. Let's do that then. Let's do. So the show, the movie is called Halsey. Okay. If I can't have love, I want power. Sounds very relevant to the conversation that we just had. Based on it, it looks like it takes place in kind of a a fantasy medieval realm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't normally associate pop singers with fantasy realms. Yeah. Okay. So sounds, at least I, I watched her. I looked weird. It's available on HBO Max. It's okay. an HBO Max original. Okay. So. Like I say, it's a 50 minute watch. Yeah. All right. We'll watch so it. So my wife watched it once. She said, it's 50 minutes of what the hell is going on? <laughs> Which okay. I watched the trailer and it seems like it has a like a solid like through line of yeah. the plot. So okay. I don't know. I don't, it didn't look that strange watching the trailer. Okay. Um, but she said it's pretty it's, it's, it's a pretty little out bit there. out there. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Well, we'll watch it and we'll. Uh... We'll we'll jump into it. Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for joining us on this episode of Get Wrecked. I highly recommend listening. I'm sorry, watching. Just kidding. Reading Jupiter's <laughs> Legacy. Don't listen or watch. Don't Just listen or read. watch. Just read it. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty good, and the books are fairly quick reads too. So, give it a go if you enjoy things like Kickass or The Kingsman or. Um, Civil War, for example. If the you're, Boys. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think if that'd like, be the closest analog, is if you're a fan of The Boys, you're going to like Jupiter's Legacy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Or Watchmen, too. Yeah, Watchmen. I mm -hmm. think they both kind of have 
or those both have a lot of similarities to yeah, the story. Definitely, definitely see the resemblance there. So, all right, man. Well, Thor, thanks for joining me in this episode and uh, looking forward to watching yeah. Halsey. If I can't have love, I want power. Oh, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> it's going to be weird. All, all right. right. As always, everybody, get wrecked. Stay wrecked. Get wrecked. Get wrecked.